we are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. How's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and you are listening to the House of Indie Podcast. And this week, I've got somebody straight from the future because I've got Andrew Clemson. And guess where he's from? He is actually a day ahead from where we are now. So we're, we're, we got him from the future. Uh, dare I say back to back from the future? Not back to the future, right? <laughs> <laughs> I literally just watched Back to the Future 2 last night. So there you go, really, man. It's really like, they just popped up on Netflix. There you go, right? right. I, I've, I've been doing the same thing lately. But you you brought us Star Bastard. You're bringing us Bet yep. Noir. Uh, tell us a little bit. Number one, let's let's start with, with Star Bastard. Tell us a little bit about, about that, because uh, what number are you guys on with that one right now? So that is... Uh... That's at six issue six, and they uh, the the trade comes out. Um, I think it's I think it comes out this month or beginning of next month. Awesome. It's supposed to come out in. I think it was supposed to come out in April, but then obviously the world ended, so we <laughs> the comics got put put on the back burner a little right. bit. But so the collected edition of that, which will be like volume one, that comes out um, any any time now, really. Awesome, awesome. So keep your eyes for out for that one. Uh, so if, if you can, I mean, if there's listeners out there that haven't heard about it a little bit can you give a quick little log line of of what that book's about so so that book it really is a sort of uh does 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 what it says on the tin really it's a it's mm-hmm. about a guy uh guy up in space who's a bit of a bit of a bastard <laughs> uh he goes around he's a bit of a this this sort of uh mix of captain kirk and peter quill and yeah there's a bit of lobo thrown in there yeah um it's it's a, it's a very much like a throwback book to kind of stuff we would have listened to uh, read, you know, years and years ago. But yeah. a, a bit of a parody of all those things thrown together. Yeah, uh, when I first uh, read the the first issue, I was like, man, I really I hate this guy, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I really want I want to punch this guy in the face. <laughs> yeah, he's he's totally useless. That's the <laughs> he's he's um he's one of those characters that's just his his goal in the book is just to ruin it for everyone else. And, <laughs> and that you know, he the does. Rest, the rest of the rest of the characters in the book have to sort of salvage the situation every, every, uh, every issue. Which and he takes do. the credit for it. <laughs> yeah. Standard, standard, uh, bastard, uh, procedure there. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so I mean, what, how'd you, how'd you come up with this, the story here? So it's, um, it's, it's quite weird actually. I, I, um, I was writing a bunch of other stuff, but no, I was one of those in an earlier form. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I, I was, I was trying to read my, write my first book and I thought, Oh, this is going to be like Watchmen. You know, it's going to be dark Knight returns. Okay. I'm going to be famous. I'm the next Frank Miller, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to write all these clever, clever things into scripts. And it just got so tiring that just to blow out steam, yeah, uh, I just reread a bunch of you know Lobo and Guardians. I think Guardians two, had, oh Guardians one had been out you know when I started it. Okay, and um, I was like, okay, I'll write just some nonsense, and um, I managed to just get through it really quickly, quicker than anything else. And all the artists I was talking to about the other projects mm-hmm. jumped onto it, and it, instead of me convincing them, it became a situation where they all wanted to be involved in this one. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so I guess we focus focus on this stupid space book instead of the, <laughs> instead of the masterpiece. But um, yeah, we, we, we put it on, uh, put the first one on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
really with no no goal to do more it was just kind of a bucket list you know to do a comic type thing yeah um and it did really well and um, we did uh, a second issue on kickstarter and then um, scout picked it up so we took it took it to them and reissued it so um awesome it, you know that was we started it in 2016 so it's taken four years to get it to to trade wow wow and and how long before then were you were you into comics? Oh well, yeah, I was. I've always been in, into you know comics in terms of reading them. Yeah, I remember um, I got given uh, one of my one of my friends of my parents who we went and visited um, visited them, and their uh, their son had a load of Spider Man issues lying around. I'd never read a comic. This this would have been you know in the in the eighties, late eighties probably. Wow. And uh, picked up Craven's Last Hunt. Okay. So it's a very weird, yeah. weird first experience for a kid to pick up. I guess <laughs> that book, but that's the one that uh, that's the one that got me into it. And then I was, you know, into it during the you know the nineties X Men and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Had that ridiculous pull list for all of the X Men issues yeah. and um, dropped it a bit in the early aughts, and then sort of got back into it with um, Why the Last Man and you know things like that. Um, so since then, I've been. Yeah, just voraciously reading whatever I can get. Nice, nice. And and when did you when did you start your your career? Or when did you? Everybody uses the word break in, but I don't I don't like to use that word because you know what I mean. Do you really break in? I think it's more of you like kind of like you you push your way through. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, do you, do you know in um, Evil Dead? I think it's Evil Dead Two. Like, what's that sound? Oh, it sounds like something you know forcing its way into our universe <laughs> or into our right. world. Like, yeah, the the level of pure like effort and will it takes yeah, right. to to squeeze a comic book into existence <laughs> um when you can't draw it especially oh yeah you know you got to convince people and pay people and all that kind of stuff um it's it's uh it's just a constant constant hustle if i can mm. use uh still still that term yeah but, oh, yeah. Um, yeah i mean we could you know i think that the the interesting thing is once you've got one thing out there it then becomes marginally easier to get another thing out mm-hmm and hopefully that that sort of um, continues to to follow that that yeah. pattern. So so tell us a little bit about Bet Noir and the, the, you've been working on this for, for quite some time. You told us you've been working on it for a little bit longer than Star Bastard, and, and this one is this one's kind of your baby, right? Well, yeah. I mean, this one um, I, I started this one probably in like 2015, 2016, something like that. We were you know writing it thinking I was you know, Alan Moore, Frank, Frank Miller, this big epic magnum opus thing. But um, I I sort of came back to that after meeting various people, you know, after we did Starbusters, you, you come into contact with a lot more people. Yeah. And I, I met an editor in the UK called Matt Hardy uh, through conventions. He, he'd actually backed Starbusters. And, oh, awesome. Um, I sent him a bunch of scripts that I, you know, had lying around and stuff. And he, he mm-hmm. took that one and um, very, very kindly tore it to shreds and said, this is terrible. This is good. We can, we can expand on this and stuff. Um, so it's, it's very different to what it was, but yeah, we started it, you know, way, way back, uh, mm-hmm. five, five years ago, five, six years ago, but in the, in the form it is now that's, that's more recent, Wow. but it's, um, it's a very different tone, you know, stuff bastard is a lot of, uh, it's a lot of crude jokes and, um, you know, it's just big bombastic space battles and aliens yeah. and stuff like this. This is, this is my attempt at doing something more serious. Yeah. Even though it's capes and people wearing their underpants on the outside. Of their <laughs> like that. That's a lot of fun, right? <laughs> mm. So, 
so what is uh what's this this one about here uh bet noir so this uh bet noir is is um it's kind of a revenge uh revenge noir i mean that's why the, the yeah. noir is in the title it's the 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 title is a kind of play on words it's a it's obviously french um mm. and it, it if you translate it roughly it, it's a term meaning adversary or okay. like yeah. um you know personal grudge you know an enemy that um and the book is a is a revenge story about um a guy who's definitely not batman for trademark reasons um <laughs> that sort of uh is is dead you know is, is died a long time before you know for, for because of something we don't know at the beginning of the story and he's he's now back for whatever reason and you know he's going out exacting his revenge on on people that uh, mm. have wronged him in the past and yeah i'm looking at the artwork now and it, it very much uh, like you're saying there is a little bit of a like a like a frank miller type of yeah feel to it especially with the artwork i was very lucky with that yeah chris i found chris on a just on a, a group on facebook and oh and wow he's, he's he's definitely gonna you know in a few years time i won't be able to afford him anymore oh yeah um, definitely he's got a uh, sort of very uh like sean gordon murphy you know frank, oh, yeah. frank miller sort of there's that hatcher very sketchy style and um we we um went after the the coloring is very yeah. very specific we tried to keep it you know low-key and mm-hmm. and and keep to that aesthetic so there is there's definitely whether it's accidental or um you know subconsciously intentional there's a bit of uh dark knight returns in there yeah i definitely see a little bit of that with the uh it's 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 very it, i don't want to use the word simple it's or simplistic yeah but uh it's it's very it's uh, maybe pulled back a little bit maybe that's yeah. that's a way i can explain it but yeah i it's this is is i i and i don't want to i don't want to talk down on any of your books but i think i like the artwork or I like the feel of this book a little bit more than i like star bastard i really love star yeah. bastard cuz i just look you know reading that first issue you know, it, it made me laugh. It literally made me laugh out loud and it made me want to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. And but- I mean, Stavos is very, um, it's, it's kind of one of those things. Some people love it and some people absolutely hate it. So, <laughs> Dude, I loved it. I, lo- I mean, I guess that's good, right? Yeah. It's, it's what you want from that book, right? You want people to yeah. hate him so much. It means someone's having a reaction to it at the end of the day. And, right. you know, it's, um, that character, I know there's a lot of people, you know, that kind of character is that is the, the guy they'd have on their wall, you know, I absolutely <laughs> love Lobo and all this yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. But he's really not the the guy in that book. He's yeah. just, uh, he's he's more the antagonist of it than oh, anything else. So, yeah, I definitely. For the, for the rest of the crew. But um, yeah, there's very different art styles. I mean, Jethro is fantastic. He's done oh, yeah. stuff for Dynamite and, you know, a bunch of other publishers. Um, but it, it, it is, it was a style that fits that book. It's a, you know, a more traditional, yeah. you know, superhero style, sci-fi, very defined style. But this one, because as well, it's a, it's a superhero book and it's kind of, you know, it's supposed to be based around stuff that's happened in the past and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That that sketchy uh, style that Chris has is, is much better suited to this. And um, yeah, it's some, something I try and trying to do in all the books I'm working on is have a very distinct style between them when it comes to the art. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Uh, so, and and with this one, uh, Bet Noir, 
how 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 because I know you've been working on it for a little while. So how did this one uh come about? How did you and, and I know you kickstarted this one a little bit as as well, right? Yeah, so we've done the we've done the first one on Kickstarter. That weirdly enough, the the so that that will be um coming out uh, through through an as yet unannounced publisher but um we are taking the rest to to kickstarter and in order to get those out as quickly as we can yeah. to get it to market we're doing um two more kickstarters to wrap up the first volume so we'll be doing okay. kickstarter for issues two and three um i think it's september the third that that launches um through mad robot comics which is matt's uh, publisher in the uk oh cool um so um yeah, we'll 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 be taking that one back and you know hopefully wrapping it up over the next few months uh, so we can get it out out to trade. Yeah. Um, but um, what would, I've gone off complete tangent. What was your question? <laughs> no, that was exactly it. How, so how, it's you, talking about Kickstarter, yeah. and I just laser focused onto the marketing. <laughs> that's no, that's perfect, man. That's how we do it here. <laughs> we talk about one thing, and we just go off on another. It's all good, man. It's yeah, it's, it's all it's how we do. It. <laughs> but no, that was that was exactly kind of where I was going with you. You kickstarted it, okay. and how you how you guys are are kind of bring it back. That's awesome, and uh. So, and you can still grab it. And issue one hasn't come out yet, right? So issue one is 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 out. Weirdly enough, um, uh, I think everyone and everyone worldwide, except for where I am right now, oh, okay. has got their copies that backed it. Um, oh. just because it, I I was like, oh, I'll I'll go back to the UK where it was printed, and I'll pick them up, and I'll bring them back, and you know, I'll go onto the streets distributing the copies. <laughs> like, but then coronavirus. So I haven't, oh, yeah. I, you know, I canceled my vacation. That's fun. Again, but, um, <laughs> issue one, I think you, you probably can still buy uh, from Matt's website, which is okay. uh, madrobotcomics.co.uk. I, I think if you, if not, you can go on social media, find Mad Robot Comics, and you'll be able to pick up one of those crowdfunded editions. Oh, sweet. Um, oh, nice. There's, there's PDFs. If if you don't want to pay the atrocious UK to US uh, shipping, <laughs> oh, the post office is, has got right now. Yeah, that's that's uh, everybody is hating the the uh, the the postal service or the uh, delivery services right now. It's absolutely crazy. Oh, <laughs> Anywhere, yeah, Royal Mail has just ramped it up. It's uh, and that's if it survives because that's the other thing with Kickstarters. I found I'd ship some to to the states or to Canada, uh-huh. and it would take forever. And then I'd go, "Oh, did you enjoy it?" And they go, "Well, it was difficult because you know the the." The Canadian post office completely destroyed it, or the oh, you know the USPS great. destroyed it when it landed. And, but great, no way around <laughs> it. I'm hoping for, for future Kickstarters, we're going to try and do um, you know independent local fulfillment centers, so that okay. ships from yeah domestically. Yeah, I know. I know that there's some uh, some people. Uh, they say across the pond right <laughs> i know that they yeah. they use it they 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 like uh send it out to canada and then it's easier to come to us from there a little bit i don't know how that works yeah. but uh well, all my all my other books that i've printed um i i did through comics wellspring which i think is in chicago maybe mm. but i would do it from there and weirdly enough it would get shipped from there either to Dubai or to the UK and uh-huh. they would get redistributed cost of fortune and then send it back to the States. Oh, that's so weird. hopefully we find a more <laughs> effective way of doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's gotta be a fun thing. <laughs> you want your, you want your, your work to get in the people's hands, man. And by the time it gets there, you're just like, Oh, come on, man. Like that's, that's the but, benefit of going with a publisher. You know, you, you, as soon as you scout handle it, they do everything. It goes, yeah. you know, through diamond, all that kind of stuff. 
So you you exponentially hit a bigger market of people, yeah. and you don't have to deal with post offices, which is the yeah. biggest. <laughs> biggest so, so on on that on that uh, uh, note, there I I let, I've because of the the world and what it is now, I've been asking as many creators as I as I can get my hands on is uh uh what do you what do you feel like is going on with the industry right now. How do you how do you see the landscape forming from here on out? Do you do you see that it's going to get better for independent comic book artists or creators, uh, um, do you, or even publishers, or like because the big yeah. two's not using Diamond anymore and it's really you know going through some crazy yeah, stuff man. right now. I mean, what I know about Diamond is dangerous, so it's not. <laughs> right. I, I, I yeah. haven't got a clue how that thing works, <laughs> um, but. I, from 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 a, the perspective of someone trying to put you know push something out and get a book to market, I think we're lucky that things like Kickstarter exist, mm-hmm. and it, there's a reason I think you see established people going to Kickstarter. You, you're getting, oh, yeah. you know, um, uh, who was it that put that book? Was it Saladin Ahmed just put a book out, didn't he? <clears throat> and I think, he did yeah, some... something like fifty thousand dollars on on kickstarter now mm-hmm. there's a reason i think that established people who don't necessarily need to do that are doing that because it's yeah it's direct to customer uh-huh. really it's just a pre-order system you know if you right. if you're able to guarantee sales you put it up there pre-order it gets your artist paid before rather than waiting mm-hmm. you know if, if you're waiting through diamond or something like that you you'll be waiting for months to yeah. get those uh, yeah. payments in if they come in so i think it's i think you're going to see a lot more established people going back to crowdfunding and putting out some of these bigger projects mm-hmm. that maybe they couldn't get greenlit through a publisher because yeah. you're, you're in control. If you have an idea and you've had, you've been turned down from everyone else, then you take it to Kickstarter. And if yeah. there's a market, it can exist. Yeah. So I think that's going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I, I think the model of, of crowdfunding first and then direct market as a secondary um, release will be, I mean, that's, what I'm following for everything. Yeah. So. And, and I'm glad you, you brought that up because I, I read an article just, just today, actually stating the same exact thing that you just did is that yeah. we're going to see a lot more, um, a lot more, uh, industry pros quote unquote, mm. or the, the guys who work mostly at the big two yeah. are going to Kickstarter or, or like something like Indiegogo and stuff like that. And, and and places of that nature to do to push their books out and and, and we're gonna and and the, in the article it stated you know we're gonna see a lot more industry guys that are that are are quote unquote pros or whatever come and yeah. do the crowdfunding thing and and and, yeah, and then and use the publishers as as a as a secondary just like you were saying it was saying the yeah. exact same thing that you just did in the article those markets are not exclusive like if you look at you know, we we did Star Wars of one and two on Kickstarter, and then we took it to Scout. And if you if you look at the numbers we did from um, Kickstarter and then through Diamond, mm-hmm. they are astronomically different. It, you know, oh, we yeah. did something yeah. like 120 copies on Kickstarter, and then issue one, I think, totaled up with the variants. We did something like 4,000 copies. So it's, wow. There, there are people who don't go on Kickstarter. There are people who just go into the comic store. You know, there are speculators yeah. who aren't interested until it's a real book. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're not, you know, there's you're not cannibalizing your audience by putting it on Kickstarter first, yeah. and it, it gets you the ability. 
whether you're, you know, a big name or not, you're still not rich unless you're oh, yeah. Robert Kirkman who sold, you know, God knows how many things <laughs> to TV. Right. So it gives you the ability to pay the artist and the rest of the team what they're worth, what they're yeah. asking for, you yeah. know? So you're not shortchanging anyone. No one's, no one's having to turn down paid work to do your stuff. So yeah. I think it's a much more sensible model and it shouldn't impact anyone's bottom line when it actually does come out through a publisher. So hopefully it changes. So how do you think that you would shorten that gap? If, if we start to see, uh, you know, publishers or creators use more of the crowdfunding thing, how do we shorten that gap from getting that into the comic shops where people, where there's people who don't want to back a, a, a Kickstarter per se. So um, weirdly enough, I was talking about this with, um, uh, with Scout yesterday. Um, and they're, they're very good about the fact that if you want to uh, publish something via, you know, crowdfunding, it, it doesn't affect your chances with them. You know, they've been very, obviously go, you know, picking up projects that were successful at crowdfunding and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, going forward like that. And and I think the going forward, it, it's just a case of you have to make sure you're offering something you didn't get on the crowdfunder just to separate it a little bit, whether that's, you know, uh, Charlie Stickney, who's now in Scout, his book, White Ash, he, he took it to mm-hmm. Kickstarter and was super successful. So what he's done yeah. is he's uh, added pages, you know, he had these oversized mm-hmm. issues on crowdfunding. So when it goes to Scout, he separates them, adds in a few in-between pages, yes. new covers, things like that. Um, but that, obviously, you know, to answer your question, he's that's a longer period of time yeah. crowdfunding to stores. I think given the blessing of, you know, publishers like Scout to crowdfund before you publish, mm-hmm. it's a conversation you can have with the publisher, whether you, whether you co-brand that through the campaign, they can be ready to solicit the day it goes you know if they really wanted to if you could get that book done on time they could solicit it as soon as those books are shipped as opposed to you know waiting until x y and z benchmark has been hit yeah so hopefully you know i mean the way stuff is solicited is is mental really it's (laughs) you know it goes into it goes into previews one month then you have to do the orders the next month and then it ships you know the next month yeah Mm-hmm. It's, it's impossible to get those follow-on sales that way as a, as a new yeah. creator because yeah. by the time someone's got issue one, they've missed the cutoffs for issue two and three. That that's exactly so what I was about to say. Yeah, and I was I was about to say the same thing. Like by the time that you sometimes even before you even know that there's a book out, you've already missed the FOC. Yeah. And you're just like, what, man? Come on. Now I, now I missed FOC for the first one. I'm definitely going to get on second. No, I can't because that was last month, but the book's not out for yeah. two months. And you're just like, are, are you, you kidding me? The, the actual nuts and bolts of that is that, you know, shops aren't going to gamble on every book that comes out. So yeah. they might gamble on issue one because you can get speculators, you can get all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff, but they're not going to order a ton of issue two and three if they don't know one sold. So you always get that drop off, yeah. you know, there's 50% and then um, getting it back, which is why the books that I, uh, the, the book, definitely not books that are going through <laughs> scout. Um, they're going to, the future ones will be um, this nonstop model that they follow, which is uh, you, you do an issue one that gets solicited and then they ship that. And then three months after that's gone out, 
they solicit the rest of the trade. So what mm-hmm. that does is it lets people read it, see if they like it, and then the rest of it, people have time to order it if they like it. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's... So that's the model we'll be following for the other books. Super awesome. Uh, yeah, it's way better than what we're used to, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really read floppy issues anymore anyway. So I, I think this Netflix model of, you know, yeah. doing it as a binge, it used to be called binge, now it's nonstop. Mm. Like, it's, it makes more sense for someone like me. I, yeah. I wait and I read the trade, yeah. which is I, terrible I, coming from someone that wants the individual cycles on my own stuff. But, <laughs> you know, I hear a um, lot about that, about that from, from some guys that are like, Oh, I'll, but, but those same guys, they'll, they'll even collect it and then still get trade and read it in trade or, or they'll collect yeah. it and, and they'll, they'll just, they'll, they won't read it until it comes out in trade, but they'll just collect and just for collecting sake, because they want to keep it, you know, you know, they want it to be, you know, a pristine copy and throw it up on their wall or something like that. And then they'll read yeah. it in when the trade comes out. And I hear that a lot, too. But but I mean, again, you brought up a good, good, uh, good question there. Do you do you see a lot of this kind of, you know, do you are you do you think that we're going to see a lot more digital versus, uh, you know, physical copies or or what do you feel on um, that? I'm, I'm a hard I copy. Know. I mean, look, I. I'm a hard copy guy myself, man. I but but I've always been that guy's like I'll buy a hard copy to put on my wall, and then I need a digital copy to read because I just can't. Yeah, I, mean, I, can't. I read a lot of digital purely because of where we are. I mean, we have a very good comic store locally that can, you know, that they sort us out with everything we need. But uh-huh. it, the same same thing. You can't expect. I don't often know everything has come out and, you know, things like that. And then, you know, we have to get it shipped over here and all that. So mm-hmm. I read a lot of digital books on comicsology and things like that, but yeah. it still bites my ass that you're paying so much for these digital yeah. copies. Like oh, yeah, yeah. they, yeah. they cost a lot of money for something that doesn't exist. You know, <laughs> So yeah. I think that they're going to, they're going to have to both exist because Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it would be sustainable just producing digital copies of things. Yeah. Um, in yeah. a collector's industry, really. Right. No. And that, I I, there has to I be agree. a, a, a meetup. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that because uh, I, I, like I said, I'm one of those guys that buys, I'll buy one copy. I, I, it used to be where I used to buy two copies. One was my reader, one was that the one that I kept, you know, on, on the wall. Yeah. And that reader would get beat up, you know. And now I kind of was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to save myself. Well, it's not really saving myself any money because I'm still paying the same, maybe like a small percentage less from comiXology or whatever. Uh, but I'm still paying very, very similar uh, prices for, for a physical copy and a digital copy to, to read, to read the book. And, yeah. and I understand, but, but I like that you brought up the Netflix style. Like I wish that there was some kind of comic book uh, app, very much like comiXology, but we maybe pay one fee a month and we get to you yeah. read as many books as we want instead of, you know, well, just. There are a couple like that. I mean, there's one in the UK um, specifically for the UK market, I, I think. Um, and it's called Comic House, which oh. is Comic H-A-U-S. Okay. And um, that is a model where you pay a fee and then you can read anything in the back catalog. So that, that kind be... of like the Marvel Unlimited or that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, for the most part, Comics Hall, does kind of get okay with that, but then, you know, they don't. 
<laughs> but <laughs> but I, mean, I, I it just blows my mind some of the costs of you know like trade paperback costs on, oh, yeah. on comicsology and things like that. oh yeah I'm, I'm just, I'd, I'd much rather <laughs> buy the physical thing and just wait and you yeah. know, get it shipped in and and read it when you're talking about twenty dollars oh yeah for a book <laughs> so what would it cost That's to get it to you man from the with the it would cost a fortune. <laughs> I bet. Um, so I, I have to use like a forwarding thing. So I have an address in the States. I send everything there. They repackage it. They put uh-huh. it into a bigger box when it's full and then they forward it on with FedEx. Okay. Um, but for comics, I we have a local store, which is, you know, it's they have a diamond account. Okay. They, um, they order way too many copies of Starbusted that, you know, they have to. <laughs> that's awesome but, um, we can get anything we need through there it's just a case of because it's quite small and the yeah. market here specifically here is is very small yeah um yeah. they can't take that gamble which is a problem for shops you know they can't gamble on mm-hmm. things that aren't batman or wolverine because yeah. there's no guarantee they'll sell oh, okay so i hear uh, a handful of places in europe that they they have a really good indie following uh, dude, yeah. is is there is it huge out there where you're at? So so in Dubai, um, it, weirdly here the, it, the market is way more manga. Okay. Because um, I mean we've lived here um, since uh, the early '90s, so uh-huh. we've sort of been here for years and years and years before it got huge. But yeah. um, the, what they got here before all the Western stuff was was sort of Arabic translations of anime. Okay, and there was a lot of manga, so so that is way more uh, uh, popular here than Western comics. Oh wow! Um, but there there is there is like everywhere, you know, the people that have grown up, you know, they, they've seen everything now. Mm-hmm. The the Marvel and the DC and all that kind of stuff is 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 getting huge here. We have a yeah. we have one Comic Con a year, which is massive. Oh wow! Um, but just the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, the indie side of comics, not so much. It's very, uh, uh, very Marvel, DC, and mm-hmm. then Japanese stuff. The UK is, I would say, way more indie than it is yeah. big two stuff. And they're way more supportive. There's a, there's a whole industry and culture of, of indie stuff. I mean, all the biggest names in UK comics come from, you know, 2000 AD oh, as yeah. a background. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear I hear a lot of, yes. lot of, lot of uh, friends talk about, like, you know, uh, when they, because some create, um, there's a handful of creators that are out in the UK, and they talk about man, indie indie comics are where it's at in the UK, and they they treat yeah. the indie guys a little bit better than sometimes the big two and stuff. So, I I just thought yeah, that was yeah, really I, interesting. It's a very different market. I mean, we're a lot more. Um, we're not as we're not as positive as the, as Americans. I don't think we're not as. Uh, I don't know. I think, out there, so. I don't know what's going on with man. I think you got got that flipped right now. Yeah, I think well, you guys think are way more positive right now at, this, at the state of where we are in this country right now. Oh yeah, but we did it. We did it years ago. Remember, we we uh, <laughs> stupidly voted to to leave Europe. So we uh, we did it first. There you go. <laughs> we were like everything else. The English, the British, do everything first, and then everyone else, you know, gets better at it than we do. So we, you know, we do cricket and football. Now we suck at cricket and football. So we just, 
we've perfected stupidity and now we've exported it to the rest of the world. <laughs> there you go. I think I think uh the US and the UK, I think they're competing for the for that trophy there, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely. Special relationship as they say. Oh, right. <laughs> De- definitely, man. <laughs> so so man, I gotta ask you, do you do you got anything else other than these two books coming up right now? I've got um a few other things that the the one which is closest to coming out is a book called Damsel from Distress, which yeah. is like a, it's kind of a fantasy um, D- Dungeons and Dragons mashed up with Man from Uncle, like espionage oh, yeah. in a high fantasy kind of world. And it's, it's still, um, I, I, I find it very difficult to not put like comedy into the books, even if they're supposed to be serious. Okay. So it's still, you know, you've got a wisecracking um, hero, um, but it's 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 got a, a story we've plotted out, and um, we're we're gonna put the first one out onto Kickstarter as soon as the Bet Noir Kickstarter is finished. So that should be good. Yeah, yeah. You showed um, me some stuff. Everything else is is kind of um, lip sealed. Um, can't talk about it yet. Yeah, you were you were showing me some pages from from Damsel and and. Dude, honestly, that that kind of got me excited, and and you've showed me various things from from your works that you've been working on, and mm-hmm. and uh, man, it's it's really gotten me excited for some of this stuff, and I can't wait for that for these kickstarters to go up because man, I I I'm I'm I gotta I gotta fight with the wife, to, but I'm always glad like to here take my money when it's something really great. So yeah, I mean <laughs> the, the thing with Kickstarter as well, even if you can't get the the big ticket things um the just just backing stuff for you know the lowest pledge or even just sharing it retweeting it yeah, posting it yeah. out that's what you need because you don't know you, you know even if you don't back you share it you might get one back or two back or three back yeah, back yeah. It, so it's all appreciated yeah yeah so so um I we we've got some friends right now from uh uh Oneshi Press who's doing a Kickstarter right now. Yeah. And I recently talked to them and I was and and we had them on the show. And uh, the, the one thing that they talked about Kickstarters is they're like stay like uh, I can't remember exactly what they said but they they said stay stressed, stay scared. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. You talked to Matt like um he he's he uh publishes a bunch of books cuz he has his own work and he he you know, like with me, he works with other people and puts them out under his, you know, his banner. And he seems to perpetually just be a bundle of stress because he's constantly <laughs> on Kickstarter, you know, going out, posting on groups and, and asking people yeah. to give money and all this kind of stuff. So I think ideally, I mean, I do one, you know, once every year, <laughs> once every couple yeah, of years. Yeah. And that's bad enough because I hate going, please give me your money. Yeah, it, that's <laughs> that's one one of those things. Like I, I was recently talking to some one of one of my friends, and they were like, "You know what? I'm just not like used to like telling people, hey, check my check this out, check, you know, like selling selling yourself.' But, but I mean, I mean, it, it's 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 one of those things that we gotta get past that barrier, right? To to, yeah. to get outside of our comfort zone, and and once we get past it, you're just like, okay, I can do this. I could do this, and I feel like like Kickstarter is just a big, huge comfort zone that you got to get past, and it's oh, yeah. scary. I, I don't know if I could ever kickstart anything, man. No, it's 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 like convention sales for me. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> these people that are, you know running out, going, "Oh, check this out! It's the greatest thing you'll ever read!" Like, da 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 da, and I'm there, and they go, "Oh, so tell me about this." And my the default response that I have to force myself over 
is I'll go, eh, it's all right. But, you know, look at all this stuff you could spend your money on. Yeah. So I have to force myself to be like, oh, yeah, you should check. This is the best. You know, this is the greatest comic you'll ever read. Yeah. But that's just not, that's just not natural. And Kickstarter is the same thing. It's You've got to convince people that you're excited about it and that it, you think it's great. Otherwise, they're not going to give you their money. Why should they care if the person pushing it doesn't care? Oh, yeah, definitely. You have to be really, you know, forceful and excited about it. Yeah, I completely understand that, man. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me and talking yeah. about your work. We, I, I really didn't get too much into your creative process or anything like that. But, you know, we'll save all that good stuff for next time you come on, right? Most of it is just, you know, I have a couple of Heinekens and uh, open the laptop and you end up with something like Starburst. That's the problem. I have to really refine that process. <laughs> There you go, man. I think, hey, whatever. It works for you, man, because that, that book is hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, where can are – you, are you on social media and all that good stuff? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I'm on the, the nightmarish hellscape that is Twitter. Um, that's just <laughs> Andrew Clemson. That's my thing on there. Um, I try and focus on work, but a lot of it ends up being politics. I'm on uh, Instagram. Uh, it's at ClemsonDXB. Okay. It's Clemson Dubai. And then uh, I have a website, which is clemsoncomics.com. So it's all all linked on there. Perfect. Uh, there should be some links to buy the books on that website as well. Awesome. Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. It's been a yeah, whole whole lot of fun. You're welcome. You're welcome. Anytime, man. If we, we can, we'll try to get you back on sometime soon. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about some more stuff. <laughs> even if we're just hanging out dude it's all good but we we, we yeah. do have like a 13 hour time difference so <laughs> yeah, i mean it's it's now what five to eight in the morning so that's why i yeah. look like i've just woken up and got out of bed because i have i yeah. just rolled out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man i'm sorry for getting you up so early but uh you know that's all right i got a b-roll he was up from six banging on the door so. oh yeah the little one <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've got, I've got, we, I had to put my two-year-old down a while ago, so uh, he had a rough day. You know those days when the, when the oh, two, yeah. two-year-olds have a really rough day, you're just like, man, you're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, the balance, they're either, they're either not tired enough or they're too tired, and oh, yeah. both result are just tantrums. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he had a good nap today. <laughs> I might need one of those in a minute. Huh? Right. <laughs> all right, Andrew, we appreciate you coming on. We'll see you next time. We'll see you guys. Have a good day. Thanks again for listening to The House of Indy. My name is Joey Galvez, and I'll see you later. Later.